Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rose, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Just Bring It Wrestling Podcast has come back to podcast land. What's up, guys? It's been a while since we have spoken. We weren't here last Sunday for the regular XF podcast episode, but life gets in the way. We have prior engagements. We had a lot of things we had to do, and we simply could not fit it in, guys. But we are back, and we are here talking wrestling A lot of things were going on this week on both Raw and SmackDown, primarily on SmackDown, but we're going to start off, as we always do, with the A-Show. We're going to start off with Raw. And of course, we're starting off with my boy, Roman Reigns, going down and having a few words with Brock Lesnar after Paul Heyman lays down yet another awesome promo like he always does. The man could sell anything. He could sell me on the next Transformers movie actually being good when I know it's going to be terrible, but I'll see it just because Paul Heyman told me, but this is a really good promo. I like the way Roman carried himself. He wasn't acting like the depressed emo Roman that, it, that has been going on lately. I don't know. I didn't really like that very much. It seemed out of character for him, but now he seems like he's woken up out of his funk. He went down. He told him straight up, I'm going to take that title with me home from Saudi Arabia. And there's nothing you can do about it. Drop the mic. And he was done. I love this promo. What did you think, Jadas? Well, hopefully it's better than what is currently happening in the NFL draft uh, with all the chaos. Um, but the promo, I, I get I it. I, yeah, everyone loves chaos. But the promo, in my opinion, was too bland because I honestly think this is a chance for Vince McMahon to finally have his boy – win the Universal Championship because he knows in Saudi Arabia there will be more of an acceptable crowd 
uh, to the championship. And it's a good promo, but it for me, it's like we've already seen it. We've already heard it get to the point type of thing. But they're trying to build up this useless, uh, over-exaggerated whatever pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia, which I have a little bug to point pick at when we get to that conversation. Um, besides from that, you have to build it up. It's a big match, and what you got to do, Roman Reigns is, my opinion, you should just put the belt on Reigns because at least the belt has opportunities to move, switch hands when it's on Raw from, from a full-time position. Yeah, this whole part-time thing has really just gotten old. And it's unfortunate because fans, <laughs> the majority of fans don't like either of these guys, so they don't feel like there's a winner. But if there's one thing that Vince can fall back on, it's that it's not as bad as Goldberg versus Brock on that last WrestleMania match. Like, that was <laughs> that was the worst. We all know the infamous story of that. Uh, but we move on, though, of course. Bobby Roode meets Elias, and he clearly did not want to walk with him. And uh, Elias winds up actually getting the win over Bobby Roode, which was a little unusual because Bobby Roode's been on quite a roll lately. I thought that he was killing it on SmackDown. I'm not exactly sure why he's on Monday Night Raw. I don't, I don't think it 100% fits. You got to push him. But what do you guys do? You have him lose. Okay, that's a little unusual. But I guess to balance that out, Elias more or less won cheaply. It was definitely a dirty win. You know, as Elias tends to do, of course, he is the heel. But it, it, it was what it was. It clearly, they're trying to start something between these two. Uh, I think that they definitely could make some magic in the ring, but I'm a little concerned about Bobby Roode's mic skills. I still don't think he's a really good talker yet, whereas Elias has it down. Other than that little lisp, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, he, he kills it. Do you think uh, this is going to be a disappointing feud, or do you think, uh, you know, the stakes are high for these guys. I'm to a point with Elias where you're putting him in a lot of these matches and you're making him lose. But in this case, your face put him against another guy who you're now making lose. When Bobby Roode was on SmackDown, he, you know, got, you know, pushed, kept getting pushed. His might skills, yes, are kind of you know, bland, but you got these two guys who have two perfect gimmicks. The crowd always goes crazy for glorious. I don't know how it's going to be accepted in Saudi Arabia, seeing that they don't believe in glorious uh, type of godish things. I'm trying to take a little hit at that, but you you can already tell how I still am a little ticked about that event that happens tomorrow. Um, I will have no zero interest in it until I maybe watch it this weekend, but with Elias and um, Bobby Roode, I think they really do need both these guys to counteract with each other. Two mid-car guys that can be pushed for intercontinental title in the future or potentially a dark horse for the WWE. Uh, this match itself, uh, I can see it last, but I need more uh, no, I need more fire in the type of rivalry. It's, Elias to me is just a, a chair gimmick. Uh, his his skills in a ring haven't impressed me yet, but I could see him build this, but I don't see it as a long feud. I see like a maybe two, one or two pay-per-view feud, but that's about it. Yeah, you could make the argument that they're both a bit, um, you know, one-dimensional. You know, one goes glorious and the other sings. 
but I do think that they're both great in ring technicians. I think that they, they kill it. I think they're very, very good. But, but with Bobby Roode, I, I like him a lot. So don't think that I'm hating on him. But, you know, I can't help but question his mic work and really the originality of his character. He, you know who was bad in mic work? 2.0. You know who was hmm. bad in mic work but was a damn good wrestler? Unfortunately, he killed his whole family. But Chris Benoit was god awful on the mic. That guy can perform. There's a difference between two of those individuals. The, the, you yeah. have a wrestler that's terrible with a mic, but he can still sell this character and product by what he does on the ring. And I mean, in the ring. So it can be done. It's not your mic skills doesn't have to carry all the way, but it can sure help <laughs> help the uh, cause. So. I see this. I like to see. I want to see this rivalry or this turns into a rivalry. They have some like some actual hatred behind it. But right now, it's just more of two gimmicks, where it's both the stadium lights go out and they appear under a light. So yeah, it's nice. It's raw. What are you going to do about it? I do actually think if they played their cards right, this this could be a battle of two of the top up and comers because I think that at one point or another. The glorious one is going to go after the Universal Championship. Not anytime soon, but later down the road. Not sure about WrestleMania, but maybe six, eight months from now, he'll have, he'll have a shot. And Elias, uh, Vince is really sold on him. Uh, I think that he's going to get an opportunity sooner than later. I mean, clearly, because he was in the Elimination Chamber, in which Roman won. So he's slowly starting to get his chances. But... Next, we're going to talk about one team that gets chances and another that just gets buried. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt taking on the Ascension, who make the move from SmackDown over to Raw. I don't know why they made this trade, but okay. Uh, I actually kind of like the Ascension now. They they kind of won me over uh, with, with their whole bit with um, Breezango. I actually started to feel bad for Victor and them. Uh, it was nice to see them there. And I actually thought that they put on a decent match against Wyatt and Hardy, but I mean, you knew who was going to win in the end. Uh, at this point, I feel like they're going to, they should probably let these guys go just so they can, you know, go on, find themselves again and come back kind of like, you know, Drew McIntyre, you know, maybe they can figure something else new because they're just completely ruined right now. Whereas you got Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy, they're white hot. They are just so completely over and they're having a lot of fun with each other. And Wyatt is actually a pretty good replacement for Jeff Hardy, because as you know, he's on SmackDown now as the United States champion and he's going on doing his own thing. So it's a great combination between Wyatt and Hardy. Still, I'm not bored of it. Uh, any, uh, any thoughts on the Ascension, what they can do or, uh, you know, Wyatt Hardy, what they can do to make it better. Do they need new intro? What do you think? Hmm. You just keep keep giving Hardy and Bray Wyatt something to do. Build that tag team. You can pretty much throw away the intention, in my opinion. They they were great in, in NXT. They're okay in SmackDown. I just don't. I think the Ascension has run its course, in my opinion. And it's so unfortunate because like people just don't remember they ran NXT's tag team division, and they got called up way too soon and. It was sad. But what was not sad was to see the Kevin Owens show now being on Raw. But other than the novelty of it actually being the Sammy and Kevin show, 
which is a really good idea, seeing as how he has a merchandise and it looks like the Monday Night Raw logo from the late 90s. I love the whole Kevin Evans, Kevin Owens show gimmick. But this uh, this promo, it just kind of lackluster for me. I didn't really care much for it. Uh, Kurt Angle had a few words to say, and he sets them up. Uh, he sets Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens up to go into a tag team battle at the end of the night, which was actually pretty good. But, you know, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, the promo, wasn't much to it. Don't know if there's anything else we can really say about that. You got any thoughts? I think it's just a replacement of Miss TV for Raw. and Oh, yeah. So, it's, they're kind of – and how they had that little group come together on Monday last week. So, you're like, ooh, Yay. All right. Oh, that was one. So that is one. The one thing I was gonna say that has been a lot of fun is seeing what's left of the Miz Taraj going around trying to find buddies like Finn Balor and <laughs> trying to team up. I'm loving that. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good uh, little laugh. If you if he wants, it'd be interesting. If they like join up with somebody like Bray, not Bray White, but uh, uh, Strowman or something like that. That would be kind of hilarious. Um, Strowman's but, lackeys. Yeah. Uh, but mm, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I I don't care if you put him on Raw or SmackDown. I'm just getting tired of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Can they go their separate ways, for God's sakes? So I'd love uh, to see them fight, and I actually uh, they've kind of won me over again. I'm now I'm liking it again. I'm actually all right with it. Well, I would have loved to see that faction if it stayed on Raw, but unfortunately we didn't get that. That would have been like. Sam Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Mr. Raj and the Miz. I was like, that would have been like the, the new creation of the NWO or the new creation of uh, like DMX, something like that. Yeah, I actually got five group of guys, not five, six group of guys that can, you know, be like a new faction. We don't have those yet. And we've lost, we've gone away from that in the WWE. And I think the WWE needs something like that, like a reincarnation of a, of a faction of that type, and we didn't. We got a taste of it, and the Miz went to SmackDown. So, I wish we had that. Now, unfortunately, we didn't. What WWE needs is an affection to cancer. The NWO. I love those kinds of storylines. You are you are definitely right about that. Uh, like when Vince uh, injected the NWO, returned that. When we had uh, Evolution running the show. You like that stuff. It adds a little bit of something uh, extra because when you get the feeling that the inmates are running the asylum, that makes for a very unpredictable show. And you're 100% right. I would have loved to have seen that. And, and when I thought it was actually happening, I was jumping up and down. I was excited. But alas, I think we're going to have to just settle for Kevin and Sammy doing their own thing. But I think we got some serious show stealers, some show stoppers and Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. I think that the promo work that they did after their match against Titus worldwide, who, you know, again, we're not really going to talk about that match because who didn't see that coming. You knew that Apollo Cruz and Titus were going to go down as much as I want to see him win, but WWE really wants to push Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre right now. I think that these two, are going to be a force to be reckoned with very quick, very soon. And I am very excited. I think that Drew McIntyre's promo was excellent, just ripping apart the locker room, saying everybody's just showing up for paychecks. 
and he is sickened by how things are, and he's a rude awakening. And to match him together with Dolph Ziggler is brilliant because Ziggler is so anti-authority, anti-fun for the fans. If if you're enjoying something, he wants to step on it. You got a piece of cake that you're eating, some ice cream cake, mm, that's delicious. He'll take it out of your hand and step on it. I love this mix, and I think these two are going to complement each other brilliantly. I, I want to see more of it. I, I'm not really sold on it yet, but it's almost – it's it's like that appetizer for the main course. You really, really like it, but you really want more of it, but you can't because mm-hmm. it's an appetizer. Uh, I want to see where – because I remember Dolph Ziggler when he, him and uh, Big E were together, when Big E became in the WWE, and you, they were the force to reckon with because Big E was his bodyguard. And that's when Dolph Ziggler at the time was, again, a heel. I like when Dolph Ziggler is a heel. His character thrives. He wins championships when he's a heel. Uh, I don't think he. I think he won maybe a tag team title as a face, but he's always won championships as a heel. Ziggler, in my opinion, needs to either have the tag team titles around the belt, around their waist, or around him and Drew McIntyre, or push him to get a the. A, Intercontinental, or maybe even the Universal. I'm almost to a to a point where we have too many superstars, where we may have to have a, you know, a United uh, like a television championship or like a like a normal uh, uh, like a European title type of belt. I want Smackdown that. Raw, uh, because we're getting too we have too many single comp- competitors competing for two belts in one in one uh, show. One so you're running and. Now we're tag team, whatever. Um, but Dolph Ziggler has always been that heel character that he can sell his character. Drew McIntyre, this is like his second go around uh, in the WWE. So, and for him, Drew McIntyre to have a sustainable career back in the WWE to pit, pairing up with Dolph Ziggler is perfect for him. And I, I really want to see more of it. That's I like where they're going with it. Just give me more of it. Stop giving me the appetizer version. Start giving me the main course. And I like my steak medium rare. Mm, put some ketchup on it. Nothing brings out a good taste of steak like some ketchup. <laughs> wow, that's really good. That's like McDonald's. Everybody just cheap. threw their headphones down. I'm only kidding. That's a classic quote from the great Ryan Reynolds movie, Waiting. Oh, uh, we go from one thing that we want more of to one thing that we want less of. Gender, Mahel. Uh, gender, gender, gender. Uh, dude, this guy's still screwing up in the ring left and right. Uh, it was a halfway decent match, but man, there, there was just spots where he, where Jinder was screwing up, taking on Chad Gable. I like the whole, I'm the big dude. I'm picking on you, little guy, Chad Gable. You don't have your partner here anymore. Isn't it past your bedtime? All that stuff, I like that. There's something about, like, a big, tall dude taking on a little guy, like, you know, the Rey Mysterios of the world that you just can't help but like. Even though I'm not a big Chad Gable fan, I think there's some potential there. Um, This was just an okay match. Not a whole lot to write about, but it looks like they're trying to build up a rivalry between them. But I, I don't know how much sense that makes because Jinder Mahal, as much as I don't want him to be in the main picture... He just was the the WWE champion not that long ago. He was literally just the United States champion. What is he doing going up against Chad Gable if this is going to become like a, a big uh, storyline? 
doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the match is what it is. Chad Gable did what he could, and he got the win, and he a much-needed win for him, so it helped out his character, but I just can't help but be confused on what they're doing with Mahal here. Do you think – was there anything that made sense about that to you? Uh, honestly, I think this is when the time where I actually was watching a hockey match, and when I came back, I saw how Chad Gable won the won the match, and I was like, oh, I – I like I, at least ending. I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I the saw Jinder Mahal, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. You see Jinder Mahal, it's time to crack a beer or go to the bathroom. <laughs> of course, now we got Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. An absolute nightmare for the Kevin and Sammys in the Sammy show. They just threw these guys around like rag dolls. They just wrecked them. And it was awesome. My my favorite spots were definitely when Braun Strowman went outside of the ring and tackled that, <laughs> just like shoulder blocked the hell out of Kevin, and he just went into the barricades. That was really good stuff. I love this match. I want to see these guys take them on. I want to see, you know, these two teams take on each other at least just one more time. But Bobby Lashley needs more direction. I'm not, again, I'm not sure what they're doing with him. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him because he just shows up. He hasn't done much. He's been in a couple of tag matches, but I haven't really heard him talk on the mic. He hasn't said anything. He's back. He's been here for weeks. What is he here for? Who does he want? Uh, I don't know. He hasn't said it yet. So I just want some more Bobby Lashley talk because he did get a lot better on the mic in TNA. He's clearly still got it in the ring, and he just needs more direction. Strowman as well has kind of seemed to have been a little bit of limbo since he gave up. Uh, he and Nicholas gave up the the tag team championships. But I like this. If they can do it again, I'd be down for it. I'm sure Kurt Angle will find some reason to punish Sammy and uh, and Kevin and set them up again with them. Let's do it one more time. One more time. That's when uh, Bobby Lashley should have showed up at WrestleMania for the tag team match. Yes. Oh, should've. dude, these two would be great together. Yep, should have. Could have. Would have. But what did the WWE say? We wanted Nicholas. Oh, he's so, so cute. Up. Let's get Nicholas. So, yes. That's, uh... Yeah. That's just how uh, it was. That's how it went, and Bobby Lashley, he was great when he was in the WWE back in the day, winning the ECW uh, championship, you know, being the shaved match with him and uh, Umaga during WrestleMania. Then he went to TNA and became useless um, to the WWE storyline aspect. I'm not saying he became useless as an individual. Those guys over there do work their asses off to get back to TNA. To, to get back to the WWE or ROW. Um, but uh, i like to see that to actually be an official tag team, but unfortunately, I don't see it possibly happening. But for Bobby Lashley, I, I'd still... Is he still in that early A uh, virgin stage of being back, or is he... Or are they trying to find... Trying to place him in a certain storyline, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but who a knows? rumor that a rumor that I am hearing is that he's supposed to be going up against Brock Lesnar. And if this is true, then 
then what was the point of having him come out like already? If you didn't have a plan for him, if this case, again, this is a rumor, you know, it's a rumor uh, it, it, to bring him out like this early. What was the point? You know, if, if Roman's going to lose against Brock, it would only make more sense to have Bobby Lashley come out after Brock wins and say, what's up? I'm coming for you, Brock. And that I think would have been a great way to debut him or re-debut him. Uh, but instead, they just don't have a story for him. So they're just kind of sticking him here and there, like some duct tape or some glue plugging up a hole. So I think that's probably the biggest problem. And I, and I guess this, if this is true, if this is a true rumor, this is the evidence pointing towards that. But now we move on to Baron Corbin and No Way Jose. Uh, this was weird for a number of different reasons. Before Baron Corbin even came out, even before No Way Jose came out, in the commercials, they said, next week, Baron Corbin is on Raw. Out comes No Way Jose and Baron Corbin? Wait, you just said he was coming back next week. And then Baron Corbin refuses to go down to the ring because he's accusing uh, No Way Jose's party posse of possibly going and attacking him which is really stupid. I mean, if it was Chris Jericho, he could have made it work. But man, I don't know. Corbin's mic skills on this particular time just stunk. And so he leaves. No way Jose's like, hey, whatever. Let's go dancing anyhow. Let's go back to, let's go backstage, guys. And he gets attacked by Baron Corbin. Shocker. Surprise. What was the point of this? I don't like No Way Jose. He's 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 a hard worker. He's a wrestler. So he's clearly a hard worker. No disrespect, but this character stinks. At least let him be a ripoff of Carlito. You know, spit in the face of people who are not cool. I want something more like that for this guy. But instead, you got him dancing around with a whole bunch of people. It's just bleh. It's too vanilla popcorn. And for to have uh, Baron Corbin go up against him just seems really dumb. Ugh, I, I don't like it. Did you? No. No way, I never liked No Way Jose from the beginning, and I've always believed that the NFL has misused Baron. Not NFL, excuse me. The WWE has misused Baron, has mis, uh, misused Baron Corbin, and No Way Jose to me is um, Adam Rose mixed with Carlito, uh, just with more yes. of the Adam Rose uh, coming out than Carlito. Um, he, I don't get uh, Vince McMahon and his obsession with. People dancing like that with because you had uh, a Brutus Clay do it, you had Rikishi do it with his little too cool back in the day when they were all just stupid dances coming down the ring, and uh, now No Way Jose and Adam Rose in that conga line. Um, at, uh, no Way Jose, it's a great athlete, great competitor. You, you know, he worked his ass off on NXT, um, but the gimmick that he has, I uh, just don't get it, and the push that. Baron Corbin needs the WWE is not giving him and unless they have something that is going to be intriguing but I didn't like this it was more of a hey we got two characters that we're going to just throw in you to waste TV time because damn it we're raw and we have a three hour show and we need to fill all three hours why can't raw just be two hours like Smackdown where it's bam to the point good night but anyways yeah it was a waste of time but- um 
That's all. That does it. What you were saying about the two hours that does go uh, into the Fox deal uh, day by day. It's looking more and more like Fox is going to make a deal with WWE because it's going to cost them the same amount of money that it's going to cost to keep UFC and they're going to get more viewers. So that sounds like win win. If uh, Rod does go on Fox five or whatever your, your Fox channel is, wherever you live. Uh, yeah. They're, they're going to go down to two hours because you know, the, the news always comes on a 10. Yep, Fox 17, exactly. Uh, the news always comes on at 10, and they will not make any uh, whistleblower. They're not going to make any leeway for WWE that way, but it's going to be a win-win deal. Anyhow, let's move on. And we got something that we do want to see, which is Seth, Rilla, 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 Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins? Is Rollins Who candy? the hell is Seth Rollins? <laughs> 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 so Finn Balor, Seth Rollins take on Axel and Dallas. Um, dude, I feel bad for Axel and Dallas. They asked both of them if they could, you know, hang out with them, be part of their crew. And what do they get for trying to team up? They get their asses kicked. <laughs> but to be fair, uh, Axel and Dallas were actually able to stay relatively competitive with uh Balor and Rollins, but you know what you knew what was gonna happen. Axel and Dallas were gonna lose. Uh again, back to the intro, I find it very strange that they were coming out to the Miz Taraj music, even though they're no longer with the Miz Taraj, they dipped out on the Miz. What's up with that? As Hurricane Helms would say. What's up with that? It it was fine. Um again it just didn't seem like Rollins or Balor had anything to do. Rollins is the Intercontinental champion. He should have something going on one on one, but he didn't. Of course, it's, I assume it's going to happen with Balor. I smell a heel turn from Balor. I actually thought that he was going to turn on Rollins. Even my friend Oliver, as he was watching it with me, he was waiting for it. He's like, oh, look, oh, he's behind him. Look out. Oh, no, he didn't do it. No, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I liked it. It was good. What'd you think? Uh, ugh. I missed the Mr. Rush. They were, they were, they were, they were getting me. That I was getting sold on them, and I just loved the Mr. Rush. Um, the Seth Rollins and Finn Balor situation to me—it's just you have two faces fighting each other. We see this happen before uh, on SmackDown, the Blue Brand, and what SmackDown did and what WWE did was epic. Either you have Seth Rollins become the old Seth Rollins from when he was a part of the authority, or you make Finn Balor become demon Finn Balor and his bad heel side. Ooh. I'm tired of the face versus face little gimmick. Okay, it's like Mankind versus The Rock every single day, every single Monday night and SmackDown for six months back in when WWE was PG-13. And, but yeah, okay, okay. They, their 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 matches are great. Uh, they have good chemistry, but the storyline is gonna get is gonna start to get dull. You need someone to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need more of that. Yeah, and problem is, is the WWE like is afraid to have a. Well, they can have heels, so all the the heel. Uh, I kind of noticed this. All the heels pretty much got traded over to Raw from SmackDown. You had um, uh, who's it? We just talked about uh, Jinder Mahal and Baron Corbin. They're two heels. 
that just got traded with this Raw. I have a feeling that Raw has too many faces, and they still do. And yeah, let's hey, let's start this feud with Samoa Joe and then Raw. Okay. Roman Reigns again. And Roman Reigns. Oh wait, he's on SmackDown. Wait, yeah, what? SmackDown. It, there's some questionable things on there, and uh, but this match, you, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of face versus face. Needs someone to turn heel, and I like to see Finn Balor turn heel so he can expose the demon. Um, then <laughs> you can really sell some. Yeah, <laughs> expose the dark one. Want to see my demon, baby? It does a one-eyed wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are at late hours, folks. So when you get this podcast, we're just FYI, we are near midnight because we had to watch our sporting event. So make it kinky, but continue, sir. <laughs> well, we are moving on to the finale of Monday Night Raw, the 10 women tag team main event. Mm. They had the Riot Squad, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James taking on Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia? Yes, Natalia is still so far a face. This was good. I really enjoyed everything about this match, even though there were a couple of hiccups. Not going to point any fingers right now because there were just way too many people in the ring. But still, had fun with it. It was really cool. (laughs) Uh, Of course, we can't talk about this without talking about Mickey James targeting poor old Natalia. Damn, man, just kept going after her knee, kicks her out of the ring, and she's just laughing at her. And, but wait, what's that? Who's coming out? Ronda John Rousey's Cena. coming out. Oh, da, da, da. oh wait. <laughs> Ronda Rousey comes out to help out her girl, Natalia. Uh, during this whole thing, I was actually waiting for Natalia to turn on her and be like, ha, we got you. But no, it didn't go that way. It did not go that way at all. Mickey James makes a very foolish mistake, even though she, in her respect, is, is a Hall of Famer. She is a six-time champion. She oh, does boo-hoo. make the mistake of going and hitting Ronda Rousey from behind. Ronda Rousey has a hell of a stare. It stares right through your soul. Uh, I thought she sold that remarkably well. And she says, screw everybody. I'm not even in this match. I'm getting this bitch. <laughs> and she it's a stare her, takes her down. like a take the breath away. Literally, he'll take your breath away. Take my breath away. <laughs> she goes in, takes out Mickey. Ding, 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 ding. Disqualification. The right squad, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, win by default. But a hell of a message was sent. From Ronda Rousey to Mickey James, stay away from her friend Natalia. I don't know where they're going to go from here, but I like it. I like where this is going. And there's one thing I got to say above all, I got to tell you. Everything that's been going on with the female uh, wrestlers, I'm more interested in what's going on with them right now than I am and uh, more of a lot of the main roster. You know, again, Baron Corbin, No Way Jose and all that. Like Kevin Owens, no Sami Zayn. No way, Jose. No way. I don't want to see it. (laughs) I want to see more of this. Like everything that the women are doing, they're killing it right now. They really are. And I would love to see a Ronda Rousey, Mickey James match coming up. What'd you think? 
Well, we're definitely going to get a Ronda Rousey versus Mickey James type of match. Uh, you need to have Ronda Rousey start feuds with actual current uh, female roster members of roster. Uh, you just can't keep her fighting shame, Stephanie, not shame, man, Stephanie McMahon constantly. Um, this is just the buildup. Everyone's like, oh, Mickey James, what the heck? Why are we dealing with Mickey James? Well, this is what you're going to do. You're going to start with Mickey James, then you're going to move to Sasha, then you're going to move to Bailey, then you're going to move to maybe uh, Ember Moon. And finally, around a year from now, uh, you're going to have uh, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. That's what people, that's what the rumor is about WrestleMania next year. So you're going to have to build oh, up yeah. Ronda Rousey's character. Even though she's a damn good athlete, she's a badass woman. She's she's kicking butt, and um, man, Las Vegas is just killing San Jose. Um, that's a side note. But <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. It's 5 nothing uh, Las Vegas over San Jose in the second period. 6 nothing goals, Las Vegas. Oh. Uh, here's the what I mentioned earlier. I have a bone to pick with this event that happens tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. Uh, The WWE over the last couple of years has been thriving over some epic matches and epic revolutions, most notably the women's revolution. The women of the WWE are forbidden to be in the arena of tomorrow's event. I did hear that. And I I don't give a shit how much money these Arabs are giving the WWE when half the product that has made the WWE so freaking awesome these past couple of years due to this revolution is not going to be exposed in the Saudi Arabia because the WWE wants a couple of billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. It's I know the event's going to be cool for the male athletes and the and the the storylines and the the matches that we could have wish we we could never have. Or wish that we could have with, you know, Undertaker, the casket match, and Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, the cage, and the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is always a great event. But what really gets me is that I read an article, again, though you just noticed, uh, mentioned, uh, you can read this anywhere. And I, I, was, I read an article from uh, whatculture.com, uh, what and... So the WWE wanted to do a women's like rematch of the women's championship match between Charlotte and Asuka at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, and the Prince of Saudi Arabia says women are forbidden to be in the sight of men. So pretty much you're having an event in Saudi Arabia where half the athletes, the half the superstars, that actually draw people, Asuka. Charlotte, uh, Natalia, Ronda Rousey, and more and more of these athletes. It's to a point where Stephanie McMahon has to abide by the religious laws in Saudi Arabia when she's at the event. You may not see her. You may not even see her at the on the pay per view. But the, there will be no women's announcers. There will be the men's announcer. The man announce the guy who announces the matches on SmackDown will be the main guy at this wrestling event. I know the WWE is big on the revolution, is big on uh, pushing women's rights, which is epic. The women's matches over the last couple of years have been freaking awesome. If you say they are not, you're 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 having to watch wrestling. 
But this event in Saudi Arabia, A, was forced. Uh, we didn't even hear about it two months ago. Then after WrestleMania, but hey, we're doing this event here. Then a couple of days ago, I was I started wondering, like, huh, where's the women? Where's Oscar? Where's Ronda Rousey? Then to a couple of days later, I read this article. I'm like, why in the hell is the WWE coming over here? Then I looked at the rumor amount of money that Saudi Arabia is getting the WWE, it's and crazy. I was like, the money is did, crazy. And now then I was like, did the WWE just reverse the women's revolution overnight? They because we're going to Saudi Arabia because the money was too good. That's the thing that, that I, I love Vince McMahon, but that really makes me question the actual path of what the WWE is. And that's something that could affect our original of this podcast, the XF podcast, which comes on Sundays, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. that can come back and bite him in the ass. And it really is disappointing me how this has gone, but it's just a little bone that has really been bugging me. And I can't that's believe a big that. Bone. That's not a little bone. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's a, it's a big bone. But if you look at the money, there's like a projection that's almost a billion dollars that the Saudi Arabia government is giving the WWE for this event to just say to the women of your. The women of WWE are not even going to be in the country of Saudi Arabia because I think Monday Night Raw is what so, uh, Johannesburg, I think, this Sunday, Monday, in South uh, South Africa. So they're still in South Africa. So the, all the men roster are going to Saudi Arabia and the women are staying back. It's a disgrace. It's just sad that half the world still believes in that women have zero rights and zero privileges. And it saddened me that these these People in Saudi Arabia cannot accept that women in the WWE are badasses and can do what men can do and still sell out shows. Hence, Oscar and Charlotte at the at WrestleMania, which will always be bigger than the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Whatever, whatever. This is really sickening because the women have done so much for the WWE over the last two years to get thrown this in their face to not show up because you, Saudi Arabia and your your view on women is so 20 centuries ago. So I'm getting really pissed about the subject. So I'm going to back off. So I don't offend people, but my point <laughs> is proven. Uh, it's a disgrace. These women need to have their time in light. You need to have an open eye towards these women. And besides some of these women that are in the W ring can face you one-on-one and beat your ass anyways. And I don't care who it is. So uh, hopefully the men, the men who are in the WWE do their job. And once they get their job, get the hell out of that country and go back to where they are. And you think if they're South Africa, I think on Monday night, uh, SmackDown or Raw, then get back in the United States or go to England where you actually have countries that respect women's rights and respect women competition like we do here in the States. So my extended rant is over. If you agree with me, tweet me. If you disagree, disagree with me, roast me. I'll still attack you. I don't care. This is really something that I really am like really pa- not really passionate about. But it's something that needs to be exposed and expressed why the WWE accepted this amount of money to say piss off to half its roster that's gave them millions of dollars over the last two years. I'm Jay Dash and my rant's over. <laughs> yeah, that has actually been covered up fairly well because even I didn't notice that until, you know, I looked at the card. It's like, well, maybe, maybe they'll mention it eventually. Maybe it'll come up. Huh. Zero. No, Zero. It's not. 
Nothing. No it's Sasha, actually kind of ironic. No Bailey, it, it, no Rhonda, no Oscar, no Charlotte. Those women have made the company millions of dollars in the last three to five years since the women's revolution began. And what do they do in this event in Saudi Arabia on a useless Friday afternoon? Nothing. The only thing that I can possibly think of that's a positive for the ladies on this, and I know money isn't everything, but from what I'm hearing, Vince is making sure that the ladies are getting an excellent big payday for their unfortunate non-participation. And I can't help but find it ironic. I can't help but find it ironic that they're going from one country that excludes a you know, a gender, a part of their humanity, and they're going to South Africa, where apartheid really wasn't that long ago in their history. So that's kind of ironically funny to me. Not that this is funny in any way. It sucks. You're absolutely right. Every every point that you made, I, I don't think I could have put it any better. I, you know, was raised by a strong mother. You know, I know, like, how the struggle can be. My mom went through a lot to get where she is today. And that one thing that she is, is a strong woman. And I always have wanted to see that get expanded in WWE. You know, strong panty matches are fun, mm -hmm. but let's have some real competition in there. Come on, let's do Uh, it. And this is, this is a slap in the face. Unfortunately, though, we can't rant about this forever though. We do need to move on because we're running out of time. (laughs) Yeah, we're running out of time, but here's a quick statement to the fans out there that listen to the podcast. Thank you. But if you have a chance, check out Sasha Banks' Twitter about two weeks ago when this event was announced. And to her, and that's what the tweet really got me was why she said that. Now it's very clear why. And she, and she, something said about women's rights, like I'm strong, I am powerful, and I will do anything mm-hmm. to prove my point. And I was like, man, that's really kind of odd to just tweet that after you, you know, you, you beat Bailey. But now I know where that tweet was directed towards. So. What it really meant. I think, and I think the I think the WWE honestly, what I've been reading is that the women, like you said, are going to get a hefty payday. I think they're going to still get paid like they participated in the in the event. Um, and I and for Vince, that's the way. It's like, hey, you can't be here. Yeah, it's going to be pissed. Uh, here's an extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars on your contract. Okay. I'll, I'll stay in South Africa and chill on the beaches. But Much up we have shock. another show to get to, so let's continue, sir. So SmackDown begins with Ms. TV, still better yeah. than the Sammy Kevin Owens show. Going up and making some words. He's trying to, you know, lay some things down. But guess what? Big Cass comes out, of all people. I am very happy to see Big Cass back, and his mic skills have only gotten better since he left. I don't know if he has, like, a karaoke machine in his house, and he was practicing while he had the ACL injury that has kept him out for the last six months. But, man, he is back with a fiery passion. I'm loving everything that he's doing. Uh, I love the way that he called out Daniel Bryan. That was awesome. I really love that. This was awesome. And all the attention So he's trying to make an example Out of him And The Miz That's music to his ears He hates Dan O'Brien He is absolutely fine With anything and everything That is going to be bad happening To Dan O'Brien How are you feeling about Big Cass coming in And invading Miz TV What did you think of that promo Um, Thank God I don't have to hear it. I'm going to spell it out for you 
S A W F D. Whoops. SmackDown needs heels. Needs powerful heels. Needs heels with an attitude, which they already have one. It's an epic heel. Big Cat and the, 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 Donald, the Daniel Bryan thing, I really never got. It's like, what's this deal ordeal about? Then the promo hit, and I'm like, ah, okay, I see you. I see you. Uh, especially last week when he came back, they showed him and Daniel Bryan talking, and he looked straight while Daniel Bryan was about eight inches below him. And he was like, oh, I didn't see you there. And Dan Bryan's like, right, I'm right under you, you asshole. Um, he, big Cass, in my opinion. Now he's going to be called Cassidy. He's, I don't think he's, I think he's just going to buy his original name. But what I think is rumored is going to be. I don't think it's just going to be a big Cass. Um, I really do think Endzone was holding him back to his what he can really be. Um, Enzo was just that, that, you know, want to be gangster, but his gimmick was also good. He just, you know, needs to learn how to not to sexually harass women so you can still have your job. But <laughs> I Ooh. love the Miz TV. Miz does that great. And for some odd reason, the Miz, in my opinion, just feels right to be on SmackDown. He's never, in my opinion, never been like a raw guy. He's on SmackDown, so I really I can't wait for the build of him and Daniel Bryan because we might see it at SummerSlam or Survivor Series with now eh, SummerSlam maybe. But yeah, I really looking forward to it. And the pick the big cast idea. Yeah. Uh SmackDown storylines right now are a little bit more intriguing than Raw's just based on that, because there's so many different aspects and so many unique characters in which they can go different directions while, um, you know, Raw's putting matches together like uh, Glorious, Bobby Roode, and Elias, and Baron Corbin, and No Way Jose. It seems like Raw's lost while SmackDown actually has something that they're pushing towards. So I really want to see this. I really want to see what it can build into. And then I like it so far. Besides, the blue brand, in my opinion, has been better than Raw for the last couple of months, but uh, we can argue about that any time if you want. But anyway, let's continue, sir. <laughs> I still prefer Raw, but I do believe that the last couple of weeks, SmackDown has been putting out the better product, including the Iconics taking on Asuka and Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch. Lynch. Becky Lynch. Uh, I thought that this match was actually all right, but I'm getting concerned about Oscar uh, and Becky Lynch, unfortunately. Uh, but let's break it down real quick. The Iconics come out, talk a lot of trash, calling the Empress of Tomorrow, the Empress of Yesterday. Uh, Becky Lynch comes out, so does Oscar. They get a match going on. It was an okay match. I still think the Iconics are slightly green. Maybe they were a little bit nervous about finally being on the main roster. I mean, you can't, you couldn't tell from their talking on the mic, but as far as the in-ring goes, a little bit, uh, still a little bit green. But still, they're going to grow. They're going to get better. I'm really worried about Asuka here because seeing her lose so often in the last few weeks, I feel like is a mistake. They should not be having her lose. I think that this could be damaging to her if she continues to lose. It's just not a good look. I I don't like the idea of her like being in some kind of 
tag team or anything like that. She needs to be her own person. She needs to be the female Goldberg. She's going around kicking everybody's asses, being completely wild and balling out. Uh, after Becky lost, just the sight of seeing her like, oh, Becky, what happened? I was like, uh, that's not the Empress of Tomorrow. What are you guys doing with this? I don't like this direction that it's going in. But to be fair, I still like the Iconics. Asuka still has all the potential in the world to keep going. This doesn't mean the sky is falling. I'm just being a bit critical of this. I'm just saying, hey, watch out. You know, there's a, you know, there's a pile of dog crap a few lights away letting you know, you know, a few blocks away before you step in it, okay? You have time to, you know, step away. <laughs> but I don't really like this. I like the Iconics, but I don't like Oscar being teamed up with Becky Lynch. I think both of them should be doing their own thing. I don't like how they've made Oscar from a dominant force in the WWE to, oh, I'm just going to be 500 average, 5 and 5, 6 and 6, 7 and 7, you know, just an average athlete. Uh, Becky Lynch and Oscar, yeah. I, don't, uh, I can't say nothing negative about Becky. Yeah, I'm, you know, have a, I'm obsessed she's with her. Great. But, you know, but she's kind of stuck. Yes, yeah, her, her, she's. How can I compare to a male character? She's just Rusev. There we go. It's just stuck there. Like, uh, what are you gonna do? Um, I have great potential of being great, but you keep putting me on the side burner. Um. Uh, I don't like what they're doing with Asuka. Um, and the Iconics are just the new version of the Bella Twins. Um, I, I like, like what they're well, – they're good, yes. Uh, they're causing havoc. I would like to see like a woman's type of faction as well that will form. But you got to have find the group of ladies that will actually gel with each other. But to start mm-hmm. off – I don't get the Asuka return to uh, Asuka's uh, arrival on SmackDown, and you're doing this to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, makes no sense. Yeah, that's I. I thought Asuka was going to be a continuing threat to Charlotte, uh, especially the useless belt on Carmella. And that's a different subject for a different day. <laughs> uh, oh, that's coming up very soon. Yeah, uh, it's no. right down the card. Well, we it is been the past midnight, so we are in another day, so continue, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, that said, we're moving on now. Jimmy Uso taking on Eric Rowan of the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, I'm liking where this is going. I like how they're getting Naomi involved. Uh, before the match started, uh, Jimmy was telling her, do not come out. Don't do it. Uh, we, we got this. We've got this. And it looked like they didn't because Rowan has got, uh, got – I always get Jimmy and Jay screwed up. I, you know, they're twins, so sue me. But Jimmy – I know for a fact it's Jimmy. Jimmy winds up actually getting the win thanks to Naomi. Naomi, all of a sudden, the lights go out and, she, and her entrance begins while the match is still going on. And this technically, as all wrestling fans know, is not cheating. This is legal. If she wanted to do that, she could do that. Uh, and next thing you know, Jimmy wins thanks to her with the assist. I like getting Naomi involved like this because it adds 
like a bit of threat. Like this actually could be a step backwards because whenever you have two threat, like a threatening tag team going up against a wrestler's wife or fiance or girlfriend, that does bring that stereotypical damsel in distress kind of situation. But WWE, if they only do it once in a while, and and it has been a long time since they've done something like this, um, if if they could keep this going, um, I think that it would actually be a lot of fun. As long as they don't overuse it. What did you think? Yeah, uh, you can go get that door. I can talk for a little for a second. Uh, the interaction with Naomi to the this match with the Usos uh, and the Bludgeon Brothers it puts a little like intriguing spin to the overall storyline of what they're trying to do. But we've seen this before in other characters like Lita with the Hardy Boys, and we saw Kane, uh, Kane and. Um, What's her name? The Man with uh, Booker T's wife. But yes, and I'm tr- I'm trying to think of the no rights to censor woman. Uh, Ivory, Ivory, yes. Uh, how she became uh, like the the character in which you didn't expect will be something that can change a storyline but make it intriguing. Uh, Naomi, Naomi or Naomi, however you pronounce it, wherever part of the country you are. Uh, I like the the little change in the storyline for it, but don't put don't force it to where it can be the reason why the Usos win the tag team belts. That's pretty much given the belts to the Bludgeon Brothers, and they dominated the tag team division, and you lose it to Naomi and the Usos because of Naomi's interference. Yeah. It could be done. I'll give it you could that. be done differently. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want her being why they win the championship. That I don't want. But having her involved, I do like it. And it's been a while since we've seen that. Yeah. And and it's been a while since we've seen a champion make such a mockery out of the belt that he or she may be carrying, and that is Carmella. I know you hate Carmella. You can't stand her, but I'm loving this. I love how she's just running around like, I got the belt, la, 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 la. I don't hate Carmella. obnoxious. <laughs> Every time we talk about it, you don't seem to have anything nice I to say about her. I don't hate Carmella, the person. Oh, well, hate yeah, we the know that. character <laughs> of what the WWE has made her to be. She's like the spoiled brat that got the toy from your sister or your brother when you were a kid. And it's like, I got this, na 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 na. Then, and then I love it. Then you retaliate and you beat her up or you beat him up, and she's the one that cries to mommy. He's like, he hit me, she hit me. That's Carmella. Carmella can get hit by a semi and she'll still be complaining. Uh, come on, what are you doing with Carmella? I understand what they're trying to do. They don't want Charlotte to just dominate the women's division, but you don't have to have Charlotte dominate the women's division when you have Oscar in there. Uh, where is Oscar? That's another good point. Where the hell is she? How the hell is she not involved at all in this? They can make this a triple threat. They have her doing stuff with uh, Becky Lynch. <sighs> so, Fail. yeah, so the, Car- so the Carmella storyline reminds me when Vicky Guerrero won the Divas title back in the day. 
And uh, Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. No, I that's Carmella <laughs> with a higher pitch voice. Uh, I, her character I can't stand, but I know she's she's supposed to be the the uh, the brat that gets everything that has all the money. She's she's trying to be a typical. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, a, a typical idea of what a New Jersey teenage brat is, uh, like the Hamptons or the um, what's the other suburb in New York that's oh, you talking about like the Jersey Shore kids? Jersey Shore and the Hamptons. I'm thinking of White Chicks for a second. By the way, there's a sequel of that coming out. And by the way, Super oh, Troopers Two is awesome. By the way. And, um, I still need to see it. So it just came out here last week. But the Carmella thing, uh, it's like, dear God, can you just put a, something in her mouth to shut her up? Don't take it as a sexual assault, people. I'm not talking about <laughs> I was that. about to say, dude, that's an innuendo. It's like Ubiagu of the Oklahoma City Post game yesterday. It's like, uh, we play t- we play hard from the tip to the end of the game, to the tip to the base of the game. Um <laughs> If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the Oklahoma City post game Thunder from last night, and it's the Houston post game, not Oklahoma Oklahoma City. It was the Houston post game, and you see Harden and Chris Paul crying when uh, he says that. It was like, oh my God, did he just say that? And the first GIF I saw was ESPN that had Archer's face that said phrasing, and it sold the whole thing. But anyways. <laughs> Carmella is a younger, sexier, by the way. She's a sexier version of Vicky Guerrero. But Jesus, I cannot stand the character. But because of my hatred for her, I just got to give the WWE credit that you made the character that I can't stand. It's very hard to have a heel that I can't stand. And Carmella is that type of heel. And that's why she's succeeding at her job. At least she didn't screw Charlotte at WrestleMania. Oh, man, I kind of wanted to see that. But, no. alas, we didn't get to. But it was still a pretty damn good WrestleMania. But, moving yep. on, Randy Orton. Oh, no, wait, wasn't it supposed to be Jeff Hardy? Ha! Huh. No, no. It's Randy Orton taking on Shelton Benjamin. I actually like this match. I yeah, actually that was a good felt match. that Randy Orton, he, he was invested in it. Again, if Randy Orton is interested in what he's doing in the ring, he's going to put on a good show. And Shelton Benjamin got the much-needed win. Uh, again, this, this, like we were saying a few episodes ago, this felt like a nostalgia trip. It really felt like we hadn't, and we really haven't, we hadn't seen Shelton Benjamin and Randy Orton face each other in the ring since, like, what, 08, 09? You know, maybe even further back than that. But it was just so nice to see these guys together. And also reminded me, damn, I'm getting old because for these guys, for these two dudes to be nostalgic to me tells me I'm really getting old. <laughs> but I liked it. I really liked this match. Uh, Jeff Hardy didn't really get involved. He did. Uh, he was just watching, keeping an eye on his competition. I still find it kind of weird that Randy Orton is still going after the, the United States title. He figured he'd be like, oh, I got it. I'm done with it. But no, they're, they're keeping him involved in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess this helps Shelton Benjamin move up the card a bit, but I can't uh, think of much else to say about that. Uh, it was a good. The match itself was pretty entertaining. The storyline, I like what you just mentioned about Randy Orton. I don't know what you're doing with Randy there. 
Uh, it just seems like they're trying to make Randy be relevant and keep him relevant because it seems like eventually the Apex Predator and the Viper storyline will start to fade away because he is getting up there in age, but then it turns, then it changes my mind about about being age level when people say that the new up and comer, young up and comers are Bobby Roode and Bobby Roode four years older than Randy Orton. So technically, uh, Randy Orton, and plus he doesn't look like he's in his mid thirties uh, or early forties, excuse me. Um, by the way, happy Except birthday, John Cena, two days ago. Da, da, da. Happy birthday. Uh, but Shelton Benjamin and Randy Wharton was just like what you said. Uh, it brought back old memories when Evolution used to beat up on uh, Shelton Benjamin while Shelton Benjamin was stealing wins from Triple H um, back in the day. So, yeah. Great and, time. Mm-hmm. When the WWE was good and real. Oh, wait. It's still damn real to me. <laughs> yep. Continue, sir. So, uh, I believe, uh, yeah, this this did close out the show. It feels weird. They only, really only had like six segments uh, on SmackDown. But AJ Styles comes out with the club. And let's be honest, this is the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club takes on Shisuke Nakamura, Rusev Day, and Aiden English. This was awesome. Great storytelling, and on top of that, we have a new Shinsuke Nakamura song, which now makes our intro dated. <laughs> I really liked uh, what, what what he did to uh, to the intro song. At first, I, I thought it was kind of weird. I, I didn't quite it didn't it didn't really gel with me. And then I listened to the song again, and it really started working. I really, 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 really like his new theme song, go and it drowns the, uh, out. Translated. Go find the translated version. And you'll really oh, love the song. It's on YouTube. Go this, to, I will. <laughs> go to uh, Nakamura's new theme, English translation. It will have the it will it won't have the English voice. It will have the cap uh, the English caps. Um, wait, close caption. I almost said capitals. A uh, close captions <laughs> on uh, capitals makes her say chokitals. Yeah. Um, did it again. By the way, by the way, uh, for you hockey fans out here. Uh, we're currently – I'm watching Vegas versus San Jose because it's at the end of the night and it's towards the end of the game. It's currently five on two. Oof. Uh, they said score yeah. two goals. No, it's five on two. Oh, son of a – how? Yeah. What? There's, there is two guys in the penalty box. The one guy in the penalty box and the fourth guy completely suspended or kicked out of the game. So, uh, that's interesting. I don't know how that happened, but it's five on two. Now it's five on two. Nope, now it's five on four. The other guy just came back uh, from the power play. So, anyways, but yes. That's brutal. The shift gay, and it's seven to nothing. <laughs> Vegas. Uh, just happened goal. Um, damn good for suspension team. I just got to admit, they're having a fantastic year. Uh, but Shinsuke Nakamura, that same song. Go listen to it if you have a chance, folks. Uh, when you listen to the words, the it, the close the, the the close captions for the English version translation, uh, it mixes in and you finally get that badass Shinsuke. Where, hey, attention, Raw, this is what you need to do to Finn Balor. Uh, have this type of bad guy. Shinsuke plays this arrogant, mean no mean no no English guy. That you can see him and AJ Styles have a just not a pay per view or two, 
but an actual feud that can last to possibly SummerSlam. It's something that can keep building, and you're going to have that tomorrow night in Saudi Arabia, God, whatever. Uh, but, yes, I love the new theme. It's awesome. And, yes, our intro is outdated, so, yes. But someone was supposed to update it with new uh, voice editions in there, but no. But anyway. I know, I, dude. I, I'm, I'm working on my new review, the the Deep Blue Sea review, if you guys haven't checked it yet. Go to my, go on Wrestling Movie Guy on YouTube. I got a new review up of Deep Blue Sea, and that video was a pain in the ass to get it out because I kept getting all kinds of copyright flack from Warner Brothers, and eventually, after 72 hours of finagling with the damn video, I was able to get it out. And I was able to upload our WrestleMania review. Uh, those of you that may be listening on YouTube, make sure you go check that out. I got that set up on the WWE Talk playlist. Alas, we shall go back to the match. I got to tell you, the Bullet Club together, they look great. I'm finally seeing exactly what they should have been from the beginning. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have, haven't looked better in a long time. It looks like they're having a lot of fun. And I love the ending right at the very end when Carl Anderson leaps in front, in front of AJ Styles to save him from taking the uh, Kenshia or Kenshia, Kenshia, whatever, the, the super kick that um, the Shinsuke Nakamura You have Nakamura to have Corey does. Graves' his voice. Which let me do it. Let me try. Go for it. Kinshasa! As he does. <laughs> I can never say it right. I can never say it either. <laughs> but every time Corey Graves does it, I'm like, dude, you're murdering it. Just shut up. Oh, almost ate nothing. A Bullet Club member took a bullet for AJ Styles. I thought that that was brilliant. I overall well, really like this. You've always, You've had that. And with the, like DX back in the day, Evolution, Randy Orton used to take all the bullets, and Batista used to take all the bullets for Triple H and and uh, crap, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't think that's a faction that's going to last. I just think it was coincidence that they all came together uh, for a match. But it, it brings back a, what the bat, I forgot what that that wrestling league is in Japan. But this has been New a Japan. Uh, New Japan. Uh, it's it, they've been they've done it before, so it's not new to them. It's just now they're finally making it into the WWE together with this storyline that they've been working on for quite some time on other yeah, well, back other backgrounds. Yeah, I want to clear myself up when I said that uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have not looked better. I mean, in the WWE, like today, what they did in the Bullet in the original Bullet Club speaks for itself. That was great stuff. You just wish that that had transferred as well. And clearly over the last year, it really hasn't. But now that they're, you know, putting these guys together with Finn Balor and then they're going back to AJ Styles, they're actually having fun again. And it really looks like what we should have gotten from the start when they, when they came back, when the club came back. But with that said, yeah, Nakamura does uh, everything he can to ruin everybody's day. Hits uh, AJ in the balls. And then he kicks everybody in the face. Come on. And he rolls out. It's a good way to end it. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Nakamura is a bad guy. It's fantastic. And I want more Bullet Club. I want these guys to stick together. AJ doesn't necessarily have to hang out with them every week, but I want them to at the very least be, again, like you were saying, some kind of faction. I want that. And I think this was a really good way to close out SmackDown. (coughs) 
And I'd rather have AJ Styles in the Bullet Club than Finn Balor. Yeah, I think there's just something about that that just fits better. Even though when Finn and them were working together, they did look like they were having more fun. But this, there's just this feels like it's on another level. Yes. There's more kinetic energy. And well, with that said, this brings the show to an end. Oh, so sad. I know. Sucks. We have to go, but it's past midnight. It's past our bedtimes. Let's get out of here. Remember, guys, to make sure to follow XF Podcast on Twitter at XF Podcast. Make sure to check us out on iTunes. Please give us a five-star review if you have the time. It would really help us out and get us more visibility for more people to listen and get this show growing and growing and getting bigger. And we appreciate everybody that listens. Everybody takes time out of their day to listen to our show. We really appreciate it. And, of course, don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well at WrestlingMovieG, at WrestlingMovieG. And I'm on YouTube as well with some XF podcast content, which is constantly being uploaded, The Wrestling Movie Guy on YouTube. And with that said, yep, this is the end of the show. Any last thoughts, Jay Dash? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please come tune in to Sunday's podcast of the XF Podcast with myself and my boy here, Wrestling Movie Guy. We'll be breaking hey. down some news that the uh, Jesus is set eight to nothing in Las Vegas. It's incredible. There's an update on Jesus. There's an update on Jesus. Uh, Las <laughs> Vegas is currently torching San Jose in game one, but that's anything. But back on the subject, come tune in Sunday at 7 o'clock. Uh, we find out that the American Football Alliance adds a new city in Atlanta. Uh, bad decision for that team. Uh, bad decision for that league because Atlanta does not really support their teams besides the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but also, we'll recap some wins and some losses. From this year's NFL draft, some second, third round surprise picks that we think could be big winners for our teams or your teams. And we'll look at some. I have a Twitter poll on XF Podcast. Go find it. Uh, I have is Baker Mayfield what type of quarterback for the Browns? I have four selections. Is he below 500, an average quarterback, a playoff quarterback, or a championship quarterback? I'm meaning this. Just not in his first year in his career with the Browns. As everyone should know, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft was Baker Mayfield to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll do more updates on the XFL news. We'll talk about the Alliance of Football, and we'll break down some NHL, NBA talk as well on Sunday. Um, besides from that, you can follow us at XF Podcast, and you can wait till next Thursday for some more of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk, where we actually will be previewing the real pay-per-view of Backlash, which is next Sunday. And, yeah, we'll touch up on this little uh, anti-women um, pay-per-view event in Saudi Arabia. But besides from that, I really have nothing else to say, sir. All right, guys, you heard the man. This is it. This is all she wrote. And we will see you guys next Thursday to not only discuss the greatest, greatest Royal Rumble but the most recent, SmackDown and Raw. And as always, it has been a pleasure, guys. And we appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, take it easy, guys. Oh, I'm touching myself tonight.
Here at News 24. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.